Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'firuhu Wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi Wa na'udhu billahi min syururi anfusina wa min sayyati amalina Man yahdihillahu falamudilla lahu wa man yudril falahadiyalah Wa nashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah Wa nashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh Arsal Allah ta'ala bilhaqi bashirahu wa nadhirah Da'iyan ilallahi bi'idhnihi wa sirajan munirah Fama badu Faqala ta'ala Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu taqullaha haqqa tukhatih Wala tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun Waqal يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وصحبه وسلم إن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله إن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بذا وكل بذا ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار. My dear respected brothers, sisters, elders, I remind myself and you that Islam is a belief system. You enter Islam by believing and declaring that belief. It is equally simple to leave Islam. If anybody says anything which goes against a single ayat of the Quran Al-Kareem, that person has left Islam. It doesn't matter how much he prays, it doesn't matter what he does, he is no longer a Muslim because he expressed an opinion which is contrary to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jalla Jalaluhu declared. If a person declares an opinion which is contrary to the sahih ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this person has left Islam. It doesn't matter how much he prays and how many hajj he does and what he does, this person is no longer a Muslim until he makes tawbah and istighfar and re-enters Islam. That is why it is essential to ensure that we never say or do anything that contradicts or denies our belief. And that is why knowledge is important and it begins with fundamentals. That is the reason why it is so important to study this deen systematically from the fundamentals. Learning Islam is not about random, randomly reading this or that book, including randomly reading the Quran, but about studying the usul, the principles of usul of deen, and then the usul of whichever discipline of deen you are studying before touching any of the books of that discipline. For example, if somebody just picks up Bukhari and reads Bukhari, he will learn nothing. He will probably misguide himself. He has to learn study usul al-hadith before he goes anywhere near Bukhari. And similarly for tafsir and so on and so forth. Usul al-tafsir, what is the meaning of tafsir? Is it is tafsir? Well, many times people read an ayah, well, in my opinion, your opinion? What's that? What is your opinion? What is my opinion? What position does your or my opinion have in the Islam? Zero. Absolutely zero. If I tell you something from my opinion, reject it. Call me out on that straight away and say, Sheikh, you are talking something from your opinion. Who are you? There's no my opinion in Islam. The opinion is the opinion of what Allah said and what his Rasul alayhi salatu was salam explained and what we received from the Sahaba Ridwanullahi alayhi majma'in. 
There is no third position of opinion in, in Islam. Please let us understand these. These are very fundamental principles of the deen. Now only then can we expect to understand Islam in any depth. Needless to say, a thorough knowledge of classical Arabic language is critical to understanding the texts. And no translation in any language can do justice to that. Then like any practice, be it martial arts or medicine or flying a plane, it is living Islam under the supervision of a teacher, a sheikh, a musleh, which is the foundation of all knowledge. True knowledge comes and comes only from practice, not from reading theory. Anyone who truly wants to learn Islam in depth must go the whole way, starting with becoming proficient in Arabic at a native speaker level and then seeking teachers to learn and practice under until he or she is certified as being competent to teach in any matter. And this is the famous system of Ijazat on which our modern university education and the awarding of degrees is based. This is taken from Islamic scholarly tradition. You would not dare to practice medicine without a degree in medicine. You would not dare to do plumbing without a degree in plumbing, whatever that degree is called, right? But we have no fear in doing tafsir of the Quran and commenting on the hadith and whatnot. And you say, who is your teacher? Who is your sheikh? Where is your ijazah? Please, to illustrate the matter of entering or leaving Islam with a simple example, Salah is a fundamental principle and one of the five pillars of Islam. If someone doesn't pray, this person is committing a major sin for which he or she must seek forgiveness. But if a person prays, but says that prayer is not fun, it's not compulsory, it's optional. You want to pray, pray, you don't want to pray, don't pray, pray in your spare time, you know, something like this then that person has left Islam even if he is praying. His prayer is no longer valid. The same thing applies to everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded or prohibited. If a Muslim believes or speaks contrary to that, he or she risks leaving the fold of Islam. It's not just a matter of opinion. If the opinion of a Muslim contradicts or denies what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered, or his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught. It takes the person out of Islam. That person will then need to repent and seek Allah's forgiveness and re-enter Islam. If not, and he or she dies without that, he would have died without Islam, even if he had been doing all the prescribed things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it clear that selective obedience is disobedience. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ayyuha alladhina amanu udkhulu fi silmi kaffatan wala tattabiyu khutuati shaitan innahu lakum aduhu mubin. Allah said, which means, O believers, enter Islam completely and do not follow shaitan's footsteps. Surely he is your sworn enemy. This ayah is addressed to the believers, to us, who already believe, showing that merely saying that we believe is not enough. Belief must be demonstrated in all aspects of life, not as a matter of personal choice, 
The word Muslim is a verb. It describes somebody who is doing something. Someone who has submitted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not someone who knows about Islam no matter how much. Just like Haji is someone who has done Hajj. Not the bus driver for the Hujjaj who takes them to all the places. He's not a Haji. A Sa'im is the one who is fasting. Not someone who knows about fasting. A Musalli is the one who is praying. Not somebody who knows about prayer. But doesn't pray. About selective obedience, choosing something and not choosing something, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declared very clearly. أَفَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِبَعْدِ الْكِتَابِ وَتَكْفُرُونَ بِبَعْدِ فَمَنْ يَفْعَلُ ذَلِكَ مِنْكُمْ إِلَّا خِزْيٌ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ يُرَدُّونَ إِلَىٰ أَشَدِّ الْعَذَابِ وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Do you believe in some of the scripture and reject the rest? Is there any reward for those who do so among you other than disgrace in this life and being subjected to the worst and harshest punishment on the day of judgment? For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is never unaware of what you do. This, my brothers and sisters, is our biggest problems today. Our biggest problem today is that Muslims want Islam in their choice of flavor. But Islam did not come in different flavors. Right? There's no sugar-free Islam and there is no whatever, right? Non-caffeine Islam. The beauty of Islam is that it is universal. There is one Islam. And it's the same for all people in every era. There is no Arab Islam or American Islam or Desi Islam or Indian Islam or Pakistani Islam or something. There is one Islam and all those who practice it are Muslim and they are equal before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, distinguished only by the extent to which they are concerned about pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is their taqwa. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Hujarat, Inna akramakum indallahi atqaakum. The most noble, surely, the most noble of you in the sight of Allah, Jalla Jalaluhu, is the most righteous, the one who has the most taqwa. And Allah is truly all-knowing and all-aware. We Muslims are people of action. We are distinguished by what we do. Let us focus on that. What we choose to do or not to do defines brand value and character. Sometimes we believe that Muslims are held back from progress because we are not allowed to take interest-based loans. Let me try to address this in the only way that matters, which is in the context of the Akhirah. The first thing to get clear in our minds is the meaning of progress and success. What is progress? What is success? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala defined success and gave us the metric to measure ourselves to see if we are successful or not. And this is the only measurement metric which matters. Not my opinion. This is our aqidah. Allah said, كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ وَإِنَّمَا تُوَفَّوْنَ أُجُورَكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَاسْ وَمَا الْحَيَاتُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاوُ الْغُرُورِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, every soul will taste death. If you are born, you will die. And you will only receive your full reward on the day of judgment. Whoever is spared from the fire, this is the metric, this is the measurement. Who is successful? Whoever is spared from the fire and admitted into Jannah will indeed triumph. This is the person. Fakat fast. Only this person is fast. Only this person has succeeded. Not anybody else. 
Whereas the life of this world is no more than delusion of enjoyment. It is not even enjoyment. It's delusion of enjoyment. Islam takes a holistic view of life in totality in which the period we spend on the earth is only a very small part. Come labith. Labith yoman How long did you stay? You stayed for a piece. Little part of a day or a day. The majority of our life will be spent in the hereafter and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Jannah al-Firdaus al-Arajbaqayr And it's only on the day of judgment, not today, not tomorrow, not when we die, not 10 years after, 10 years before, only on the day of judgment that final success will be determined. And the one, what is that metric? The one who spared from the fire and entered into Jannah is successful. Not the one who built his own house. Not the one who had his own car. Not the one who had this great job. Not the one whose name was Elon Musk. No. No matter what house you build, it will not be bigger than the Red Fort in Delhi. I can guarantee you that. Go see the Red Fort in Delhi. That was the house of Shah Jahan. When Shah Jahan went out somewhere and he wanted to go home, what was he saying? Take me to the Red Fort? No. Take me home. What is home? Red Fort. There is no tomb which is more beautiful than the tomb of Shah Jahan and his wife. Which is called what? Taj Mahal. Are you going to build a house bigger than Red Fort? Even if you are, where is Shah Jahan? Where is his house? Seriously, put... We are Muslim means what? Ask yourself this question. This is our fundamental belief that the final judgment is on the day of judgment, not before. Therefore, anything that is prescribed in Islam is with the presumption that it is good for us in this life and the hereafter. And where we are forced to choose between the two, then naturally and logically as people of faith, so people who believe in the hereafter, we choose that over this life. If there, is a, if there is a choice, we choose that over this life. Because that period is forever and permanent. Whereas this life, no matter what it is, no matter how sad, glad, bad, mad, no matter how beautiful, how bad, it is temporary. So progress is that which will help us in the hereafter and not which may feel good in this life but destroys our hereafter. Every decision a Muslim takes must therefore answer this question. Is this good for the hereafter? No matter how big or no matter how small the decision, you are about to eat a chicken leg. Ask the question, is this good for me in the hereafter? If that chicken was hand-slaughtered, zabiha, alhamdulillah. If it was not hand slaughtered Zabiha, if it's machine slaughtered and you don't or you don't know where it was slaughtered from, drop it like a hot coal because that is exactly what it is. As simple as that. Something as simple as that. To anything, you name the decision, is it good for me in the hereafter? And a Muslim will never do something until he clarifies that situation. قال حسن بن علي رضي الله عنهما قال The grandson of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم دعا ما يريبك 
Hassan bin Ali radiyallahu anhuma, the grandson of Rasulullah said, Rasulullah said, leave that which makes you doubt for that which does not make you doubt. Verily, truth brings peace of mind and falsehood sows doubt. And this is a Sahih Hadith from the best of Isnad in Tirbidi. Therein lies safety for the believer, to leave the doubtful for the certain. أقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله وصلاة والسلام على رسول الله فقال تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد to leave the doubtful for the certain is the safety of the believer as an example, a person studying for, say, the qualifying exam to get into medical college. He's studying for that. He or she may want to spend some time with their friends watching soccer or doing something. But if they have any intelligence, they will not do that. Because though watching soccer is enjoyable, if it results in their failing the college entrance exam, then they will not be able to become doctors. Progress for this person must be, must be measured in the context of their long-term goal, which is becoming a doctor, not by whether they are having fun today. So also our progress, the progress of a Muslim, must be measured by the metrics of success that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us. And Allah said, the ayat which I recited for you, كُلْ نَفْسٍ زَائِخَةُ الْمَوْتِ وَإِنَّمَا تُوَفَوْنَ وَجُورَكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فَمَنْ زُخْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَاسِ Therefore, when someone says that we are held back from progress because we cannot take interest-based loans, we must define what we mean by progress and whether interest-based loans are the only means of finance available to anyone who wants to make investments. It is not progress to get some benefit in this life which, which you will be forced to leave behind anyway and in the process, destroy our akhirah. And it is not true that loans are the only form of finance available to people who want to start a business. And that is when I remove this turban and I put on my business consulting hat, I can tell you that anyone who says that interest-based loans are the only means of finance to start a business, I will say that is complete bunkum. Anyone who does any bit of research will discover that one of the most common and popular ways to raise funds is through venture capital which is halal in Islam. It is encouraged in Islam. There are too many success stories of successful businesses started by entrepreneurs partnering with venture capitalists for me to mention here, but you can do your own research. I suggest you watch the wonderful program called Shark Tank, which is a live show 
which entrepreneurs with with entrepreneurs pitching for venture capital to fund their startups i have never seen a muslim on that show i hope i am wrong i have never seen a muslim on that show why and you want to complain that you can't do business and so on and so on because you can't get interest based loan you can't do business because you have no ideas you can't do business because you don't do your 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 homework you can't do business because you have no clue about finance don't, don't don't talk about loans right i'm a business consultant in disguise standing here and my two miles in line both laughing and <laughs> like it in to come to the command about riba which is interest based dealings allah subhanahu wa taala declared riba to be haram clearly and unequivocally there are many kinds of riba but the most common is where a person lends money to another or borrows money from another and gives or receives more than what he or she lent or borrowed and that extra is in proportion to what was lent and borrowed so you lend 100 you get something you get you lend 1000 you don't get the same thing back you get in proportion so if it is 10% you get 10% of 100 or 10% of 1000 so therefore to clarify further it is not the extra amount itself but that it is a percentage of what was borrowed which makes it interest just an additional amount if it's expected it is still riba because to give a present and to expect a bigger present in return is still riba but it's not interest therefore it's not my intention right now to go into all the different kinds of riba here but to clarify that the most common form which we all know and that is interest on loans another important point is that in islam that islam prohibits the transaction itself irrespective of who it is between so whether this is between two individuals or better or whether it is between an individual and an organization like a bank or between two organizations or between two countries or anything they are all haram and they are all banned in islam there can be no doubt about this prohibition because nothing has been prohibited as severely as interest allah subhanahu wa taala declared war on behalf of himself and his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam on anyone who do who deals in interest in any shape or form we know all the ayat of surah al-baqarah please read them from ayah 275 to 279 we can see from these ayat that allah subhanahu wa taala made it a condition of iman itself allah subhanahu wa taala said in kuntum mu'minin if you are believers that we must not deal in interest in any shape or form now what more do i need to say And for those who need more emphasis, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala declared war on behalf of Himself and Rasulullah Sallam on those who refuse to give up dealing in interest. Now, somebody asked me a question the other day. Is it? They said that somebody told him that only taking interest is haram, giving interest is not haram. Ajib. I mean, you know, really, we have to, I think, go and you know, reboot our brains. How can taking be haram if giving is not haram? Because without giving, how can you take? <laughs> no, I mean, it's completely insane. It's not even logical. People give these fatwas, and we simply swallow it like garbage. La hawla khote la bil. What is this? At least ask a logical question. You don't need Islamic knowledge for this. Simple logic. 
How can you take if I don't give? How can I give if you don't take? Simple as that, right? The two are equal. <laughs> but if you need dalil for this, Anjabil, radiallahu anhu, qal, qal, la'ana rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Akila riba, wa mawkilahu, wa katibahu, wa shahidayhi, wa qal, Jabir said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam cursed and lanat on the acceptor of interest, on the one who takes interest, on the giver of it, on the payer of interest, and the one who records it, and the two witnesses, and he said they are all equal. Imagine, the one who is recording, he is doing a job. He, didn't, he neither paid nor did he take. But Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam joined them with them. The two witnesses... They didn't even record. Rasulullah said they are all equal. Now this is the clearest statement that anybody can ask for. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his guidance and mercy. So that when we meet him, it will be our finest day. I have tried to explain this as clearly as possible. I hope it is clear. This is the third in the series of my khutbahs on fundamentals of Islam. We've got two or three more, inshallah. We'll deal with more fundamentals. It's very important to be clear about the fundamentals of this deen. Rabbana faqfir lana dhunubana wa kaffir lana sayyatina wa tawfana ma'al abrar. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taqfir lana wa tarhamna lana kunna min al-khasirin. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna min al-zalimin. Rabbi qfir warham wa anta khairul rahimin. يا كريم يا رحيم يا رحم الرحيم تبفنا مسلما وأشهقنا بالصالحين آمين يا رب العالمين يا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينحى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عدو يستجيب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيم الصلاة Please come forward and fill the fill the gaps and so on.